When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to the show where we talk about shows with our friends. That's right, it's Shows with Friends, the podcast. Today we are talking about Atypical, the pilot from Netflix, which I've never seen, and Eli chose. So, Eli, tell us a bit about Atypical. Yes, Steve. This is a show I was very excited to bring to the podcast. I wanted to wait for the right moment. And this felt like a great one. This is ultimately a show about a family. And much like the Goldbergs, it's an American family. But not much is like the Goldbergs, ultimately. It's a very different tone, very different story. And whereas the Goldbergs was a modern show set in a nostalgic time for us. This is a modern show, hard stop, and centers around the older of two kids in the family, um, a boy, a male, who is autistic, on the autistic spectrum. And this first episode being the pilot for the series gives us a really good entree to the world. And once again, it's very centered on the family. And we get a glimpse of all the family members in this pilot. And this is a a recent Netflix-produced show. Um, I don't know, actually, we may have to dig deeper into, you know, the studio sort of people behind this, but it's certainly a Netflix original. And aside from dealing with autism, which is, I think, something that's being covered a bit more of late and something that we're starting to understand a little bit about, but it's very surprising how little we know about autism. And moreover, Steve... This is just a really fun, really heartwarming show. Um, My girlfriend and I like to say that things are emo when they're very emotional. And this show is uh, fun, it's heartwarming, and it's emo uh, for sure as well. So a really fun, uh, just under 40-minute pilot. Uh, So Steve, I'm really interested, having never seen this, and I know you had some interest uh, and checking it out once I brought it up. So, Steve, I'd really love to hear more about what you thought about the pilot and what stood out to you about this show and what they're doing here, the characters, the actors, the production. First impressions of Atypical, the pilot. Yeah, thank you. First impressions. Well, I am very glad that you chose this show for the podcast to talk about. It's a show that I had heard about 
It had a lot of buzz, a lot of word of mouth. Um, there were always a lot of articles, I think, mainly having to do with this notion of one of the main characters being on the spectrum. And that put it into the zeitgeist in a really interesting way. It's something I am sort of fascinated with personally, mental illness, how that is displayed in uh, works of works of fiction, books, television, film. To me, it's it's always it's just in a fascinating. I don't want to say genre, but it's just a fascinating place to explore. And when it's done with intention and it's done well, then I feel like the experience of watching it is really, really interesting um, and hits on a psychological level for the viewer as well. And we did kind of delve into this space a bit with Gentleman Jack, and we were talking about depression and and the sort of this period of mm. being undiagnosed with something and having there be no options, no treatment. So I just kind of want to reference that. I liked very much that we hear about if you don't know anything at home about autism or the spectrum it's it is not a one size fits all sort mm-hmm. of condition or diagnosis it's what they right. call like the spectrum right it's this range of um autism range and it and what's happened in our society is that it's even blurred and we've we've we're lucky or fortunate in a sense that they we know more about it now than we ever have really. But there, what the issue was over the past thirty ish years was these misdiagnoses. So you like, and you name it, ADHD, bipolar, like all these things were kind of lumped or just bad this, kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. exactly. It was all just mushed together in a very. Yeah, special Un- needs when we were kids, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Yeah. There was like the resource room or the like there was just like the place where the kids would go and and so what I like about this show is how contemporary it is around the science of what's going on with them, how the the parents and the family has adapted mm-hmm. their lives around their son's condition and and the, the, just their son's humanity and who he is and, and yeah. how they've all been able to support him and live together and the the struggle the one thing that i i really liked about this show and i liked a lot of things about this pilot to be honest so similar in the last show we talked about the goldbergs just dropping you right in yeah to this family of four right and we're just here we go and what i loved about it was there was so much backstory Mm -hmm. that was sort of lived through, talked about briefly. I think the mom, when she brings it up to the father in saying, with the phone ringing, right? That was a scene that kind of stuck out to me. Like every time the phone rings, Mm -hmm. I think he's crossing the street with his eyes closed or he's, you know what I mean? And it's, it's this life or death thing that they're sort of moving out of because he is what this story is, is, portraying is someone who is a very high functioning person with autism, right? right? Like he has a job, he's in high school from the outset. People think he's a normal guy, like mm-hmm. who they want to maybe date. Right. And then even <laughs> the, the, so what they aimed to talk about what they aimed, the story they aimed to tell here is so important. And, 
it gives me an appreciation for Netflix, these streaming services that are like, yes, this is a good story. And then the format is such that they know there's not going to be any commercials. They know, you know what I mean? So they, right. it just gives them more freedom to craft a better television show, you know, like a, a better story and richer yeah. characters. And I found like what they were doing was complicated. And the script initially out the gate, and especially with the therapist, and I and it kind of came to me as I was thinking about it throughout, like just how challenging this would be as an actor, like for all these actors. Mm-hmm. Like the material itself, in my mind, I was like, oh, okay. Like there's just certain things where to get this story going, to get us locked in, they couldn't not have kind of on-the-nose dialogue or just things that felt very scripted, right? And then once right. they sort of put, that was like, it wasn't a failure to launch because that just kind of launched you into this place. Yeah. And what I found really interesting about that too is how, especially in this pilot, these older veteran actors, mm-hmm. Michael Rapport, Jennifer Jason Lee, yeah, how just organic and like, real like they 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 these actors come from a place of like if it's not real <laughs> i'm not doing it you know or, or right. you know it's they're not gonna they're gonna say cut or they're gonna stop because they're just not in it you know and and i felt like their scenes were just so genuine that i've never seen michael rapaport in anything i've liked more than this pilot ever you know, because he yeah. wasn't being the like funny guy in right. the big movie or whatever. You know, it was just It's pretty incredible, you know, just that character, what we get from this pilot and that moment where he's talking about going out, you know, fooling around mm-hmm. Jennifer yeah. Jason Lee and she thinks he's joking. And yeah, it's an amazing um it's an amazing performance. And moreover, you know, to your point, like Netflix really embraced this story. Um, I don't know much about the creator, um, Robia Rashad, Rashid, uh, Robia Rashid. I'm not even sure how to pronounce the creator's name, but they really embraced it. And, you know, getting, you know, those two actors to play the parents and then really investing in every aspect of this from. You know, I think what you were describing is kind of them like doing exposition through dialogue in the opening yeah. 10 minutes or so. Yeah. Uh, and then also they set up this dynamic of seeing Sam, you know, seeing the main character from the, um, you know, therapist's perspective um, so that he can tell us stuff. He can convey more about what it's like to be him when we see him in the chair. So they do really, like, they set it up. But moreover, just everything about this pilot and show is so well done and really leaning into this story, um, you know, a deep dive into what it would be like to have an 18-year-old high-functioning son with autism, um, a neurodivergent, son and 
I wonder just, you know, every month it seems like, but certainly every year that goes by, there's more awareness, more science, more stories, right? There's, I saw another show, I believe, on one of the streaming sites. It's about autism, um, main characters with autism. I read a book, uh, a really great book, um, by a man with autism and first person uh, kind of almost reads like, you know, fiction in a way because his story is so incredible and wild. Um, I think that one's called Look Me in the Eye, true story. And he just, you know, this is someone who grew up in the 70s, 80s, and there was no awareness, no science, everything we talked about, you know, he experienced. Uh, and then one thing I also love is that this story is so relatable. And like you said, he's very, Sam is very high functioning. He's got a job. He's interested in girls, you know, very like high school story and vibe. And, um, yeah, we, we also from this pilot see like how impactful and affecting his diagnosis has been on the family. And we have that moment between uh, Michael Rappaport and Jennifer Jason Lee when they're out to dinner where it kind of comes to a head between them. Um, and she, Jennifer Jason Lee obviously feels like um, she's taken on so much of the responsibility for this. Um, yeah. So it's really heartbreaking that scene where Michael yeah, Rappaport that scene, breaks down. Yeah. And, and she, and I have to just say, she's fantastic in this. It's another one that's just like, wow. Like she, um, there were just a couple scenes. I think maybe it was the scene when she came out of the scene with the therapist and she gave like the double middle finger to the, to the door. And I was like, just said out loud, my God, she's amazing in this. Like, it's just like so amazing to watch. It's so amazing to watch somebody be so into like locked into a character and, and, and invested in the moment of what their character's doing, you know? So it's just like, you're like, wow. And that scene was interesting and it, it was set up definitely with the, closet scene and you know and then we explored this a bit last time with Goldberg's it's like the the kids growing up mm -hmm. changing and it's like she's got to deal with that on this other level yeah which is totally different and it, it, the ways in which they've coped for the past 18 years with their son and their family were different and she was in a support group and he was you know, I found it interesting that he came home and he had like an EMT outfit on. So it's like, there's there's something sort of in there too. Like he's actually like in the medical profession, in mm -hmm. the sort of rescue, but really just like a guy, guy's guy kind of a thing. And so I think for her, like challenging him, I liked that it was like, from her perspective, because the husband's not like in a support group or worried about it every two seconds or like the way she is. It's like, because he's been handling it differently doesn't mean that he doesn't care about his son or, and I, and I just, the challenge, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. It wasn't like two characters fighting. It was like they were, he, he had to like defend himself and his love for his son. And then that had a real arc when he like took him to the, when they went to the 
aquarium, right? And looked mm-hmm. at the penguins and just that conversation that they had. Yeah. And this notion of like he, the, the husband being like, hey, let's get back to us. And then her, you can sort of tell the block there is like she doesn't even know who they are anymore because their life has just been this heavy situation for all this whole time, like for 18 years. Oh my God. Yeah. And we get the sense that we're being dropped into a moment of movement. Like this is, like you were saying, they've been locked in. And now it's like the ice is starting to break whatever metaphor you want to use, things are shifting. And that scene in the aquarium on the heels of what is said and divulged between them at dinner, I think that's like such a um, an important moment where Michael Rappaport essentially says like, I don't really know a lot about the stuff you know about, but I know a lot about girls. Like I'm good. Like I'm good with that stuff. And like (laughs) essentially like, Hey, I can't really like, you know, chime in on, you know, penguins and scientific stuff, but I can give you advice about girls. Right. Yeah. And it really is like, you're seeing a new door opening. And then also, if you remember earlier in the episode, uh, Michael Rappaport says about um, you know the daughter, Casey, she and I are good. We've always been good. And so you're seeing that what's, you know, we're understanding is typically been like Michael Rappaport, you know, doesn't relate to the son as much. But the daughter, who's a runner, an athlete. Yeah, and then there's a short, there's a shorthand there in the dinner scene when he was like, "Don't be a dick," right? Like it was like immediately established that they have a shorthand that they're two yep. peas in a pod, kind of. Yeah, and whether or not that's just natural or a result of the mom being so focused on and invested in uh, Sam, we don't know yet. Um, but we get a lot in this about the dynamic, and also that things are shifting and moving, right? And this whole catalyst of the opening, you know, Sam talking to the therapist and then they're talking about the potential of him dating, right? This is sort of the Mm. initial catalyst for the action uh, of this pilot. And all of that is just really amazing the way that they um, handle that. And it's just so endearing and you know, seemingly very honest. And I loved not only the dynamic they set up, you know, with the parents, but between the siblings as well. And yeah, she I, was great. The sister was awesome. Like, just really a great, great character. Defender. Yeah. Uber protective of her brother her whole life. And then that spills over into like anyone or seemingly the downtrodden. And, yeah. And the that, like bigger, younger sister. And I love that part where uh, Sam's saying, you know, she doesn't let anyone beat me up except for Mm. her. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. And Mm. what I found too was a sort of this connection that was sort of unspoken between the sister, the sister and the mother, because the sister's sort of like, I'm running track so I can get out of this town. Yeah. I found that line to be very sort of poignant. And 
the whole sequence of the mom at the bar, I found like, so things have been, there's obviously this rich history and it's not been easy navigating this and supporting the son their whole life. And you get the sense of like the father sort of welcoming, like, Hey, things are, things are getting better. Maybe we can start like going on dates, get back to like who we were and the mother struggling with that in a way. I feel like this is relatable. Like sometimes when things are hard and it's sort of like the scene of the crime and you, you know, like you need, you don't know how to shift out of the energy of it. Mm-hmm. So I saw her like kind of exploring that at the bar and trying in a sense to figure out who she is now that she may or may not have to worry and or control everything that happens Yeah, with the son. And I also get the father's perspective when you're happy and content. (laughs) And it's like, why do we need, you know, like, great. Like, let this is an opportunity. You know, it's sort of like he had like rose colored glasses and she was, um, not in a place to sort of meet him there. I don't know. I found it to be a very relatable thing that would happen. Not even just with like an older couple with a family, but just like any couple who mm. went through a rough patch, you know, like and that sort of dynamic and having it lead to that dinner scene that wasn't overtly like hugely dramatic, you know, like that was the other thing. It just was very like realistic in life. Yeah. Moment. They tried to go on a date after so many years and it didn't go that great, you know, like, and that happens and you got to wake up the next day and just get back to it. Totally. Yeah. And I like that he is seemingly pretty unfazed by it. You know, they reference it in passing, you know, a day or two later. um, And he's just kind of, yeah, whatever, you know, that didn't go that well. Um, But we do get to also see, and of course, you know, the bar scene. It's pretty obvious um, what's going on there. She is having having wandering thoughts. And, yeah, uh, and it, it's funny. It read to me as like an escape. Mm-hmm. Like she was, she was, you know, it wasn't so much that she was like looking for trouble. It was just like escaping who she'd been and the role she'd been in. Yeah. For so long. So like if she doesn't <laughs> go any further, I feel like it was a healthy experiment for her now. Then like if she winds up like hooking up with that guy, my my opinion of her might as a character might change. But ultimately it's just they're shifting, right? The sand is is shifting underneath everybody and everyone's kind of dealing with it differently and Yeah. Even Yeah, and the dad actually gives her Michael Rappaport gives her the dance pamphlet, right? Yeah. So it's ultimately through like his encouraging her to do, you know, what she needs to do to um, to find herself in space that she ends up at the bar, right? So it's fascinating because the Michael Rappaport character is really painted as this like, um, you know, sort of open you know, like you said, rose colored or rosy colored, you know, glasses to some degree, but also just maybe just like embracing life. Like this has been a lot and this has been rough, but you know what? Like the kids are almost off to college and 
we're still, you know, we're still going. He's going to be an adult. He's going to figure it out. What's our next happen. chapter? Like, it has to happen. Yeah. There's no, yeah. you know, there's no if, ands, or buts. Like, he's growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I liked, I liked the show. I like the characters. I like the older sister. I like that she's an older sister who's protective. That sort of flips the script on what it normally. You mean you younger know, sister that's protective? Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young, younger <laughs> sister that's protective. and, and uh, Totally. And the love, the strong bond and love they all have for each other and like was just on full display and, and really well shown and strong throughout this whole pilot and script and yeah, I like I, I I like it. They took I don't think it was easy what this creator did and taking on this challenge and had to kind of use some devices to get us in there, the narration and the therapy and like and uh it worked. It worked. By the time we got to like the second or third scene with the therapist, every thing that I was sort of feeling in the opening ten minutes around her and maybe not being authentic, maybe not I don't know, like not buying in fully, it all kind of worked for me towards yeah. the end. Yeah, it's pretty fun where they go and <laughs> where they end yeah. up too in like the final therapy scene. Absolutely. And yeah, totally. And then and then you're like, oh God, that's isn't a, this is not a solution to your problem, kid. <laughs> like you're just creating another massive problem for yourself. I like that. Yeah. I liked I, I did, I like the animals. I liked the the I liked the imagery of, of Antarctica and this notion of taking this larger theme of the spectrum and then <laughs> talking about a desert, how Antarctica is a desert and what the ecosystem is there. I don't know. There was some kind of connection to that that worked for me. I don't know how. I would assume that was very intentional, but like, yeah. And I can't even describe to you exactly what why it makes sense, but it just does make sense. And watching the penguins and how sort of peculiar penguins are as, as a creature that they stay together and find their little penguin and are together their whole lives and just yeah, the penguin itself is not a typical animal, right? Like, or bird. Um, yeah, and his humor. Uh, when he thinks, you know, things are funny. <laughs> yeah. When the settlers first arrived, they thought they were fish. <laughs> he just like, <laughs> yeah. he cracks himself up with his like, you know, scientific nerddom. And yeah, it's really endearing in it. I mean, it's, it's obviously very central to the story. And um, once again, we don't know a ton about the sort of writing and creation um, but yeah, from other stuff that I've learned, um, and, you know, famous, famous stories like Rain Man, which sure. seemingly way before its time was about someone with, um, who was on the spectrum, maybe with Asperger's, um, not a hundred percent clear. Cause of course the awareness and, you know, knowledge was a lot less back then, but this is part of it, right? It's either, um a sort of intense ability and focus on one mathematical, scientific um, sort of discipline and area. And that book I read, he was a, 
I mean, still is probably. Uh, I don't know what he's doing currently, but he lives, uh, I believe, in Western Mass. I think he's like an auto mechanic now, but he was a brilliant, this man, I think John Robinson, was a brilliant uh, electrical sound and systems circuitry creator and bender and became the go-to guy for amps and for like making the loudest, biggest amps and oh. fireworks for uh, heavy metal and hair metal during like oh. the 80s and early 90s. Yeah, this is like a real person. This is, you know, yeah. um, and he was, yeah, he's, you know, on the spectrum, pretty high functioning. And his, his focus was on this science and sound and circuitry and electricity and just was a, you know, sort of savant is what, you know, had been used for a long time. And yeah, I know real life, um, stories about friends who've worked with people on the spectrum and uh, people who can tell you what day of the week you were born in <laughs> seconds if you tell them what date, any date. You know, there's just amazing stuff around that. And so this obsession with Antarctica, um, Antarctic biology, penguins, really rings as true for this story. Yeah, it was cool. It was really cool, and I liked, again, this high-functioning nature of him at work, and he could talk about printers, and but he can't smile at a girl from across the room, and his, his buddy at work is like, the, <laughs> again, like, not atypical, right? Atypical <laughs> ladies' man. Um, I loved that that dynamic. There was, there was a lot of good uh, funny moments in this show. The sisters' dry humor yeah. and reactions to a lot of stuff was uh, welcomed. Yeah. tone shift every time she was in a scene with other people um, and even like the defense of the fight and the difference between the mom and the sister right it's funny because it kind of it, the scene moves on but you still hear them fighting about it in the kitchen mm. and she's like you punched a pretty girl in the face and she's like what does the fact that she's pretty have to do with anything <laughs> like, yeah. and, and that um, I just like how they're representing all these different dynamics yeah, and that the added stress of the shift of the mom is just exasperating every relationship of her life across the board. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, I think the friend, you know, the coworker and friend at Techtropolis <laughs> is really fun too, because it's not like they just were like, ah, let's have fun. We'll throw in, you know, this character. And to some degree, they are like really enriching the experience in the story. And yet it almost makes perfect sense. Um, you kind of see them in the store sometimes or interacting. And I love that sort of final scene behind where they're celebrating <laughs> and uh, Sam's dancing and Zahid's smoking. Of course, he's a pothead. <laughs> um, but yeah, like they are, and I think this is cool and interesting, they are both outsiders in that community, mm -hmm. right? And Zahid, you know, Obviously, he's in the pilot, so he's, like, other than the family and then the girl who 
Casey defends and her brother, right? right. Sort of like there's no other main characters really, right? So, oh, well, the therapist, I guess. So the world is pretty small, and yet we get the sense like if this person's in the pilot, they're probably, you know, going to continue as a character. And that character, especially, I feel like both like really enriches Sam's story and is this character that, I don't know, it's almost an archetype. This, um, you know, think of like a lot of the different kind of stoner movies, even like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, right? This sort of, um, you know, Asian American, maybe Indian American character who is not a good, you know, who's not like the typical Asian, like very smart, book savvy, what have you. He's this, you know, stoner ladies man. <laughs> I love the part where he's yeah. like, yeah, her, her parrot kept and, calling me brown sugar. Oh, hey, she's yeah. racist, you know, like. And his friend, and unaffected, unaffected about Sam's condition, simply defining him as a weirdo, just like totally. everyone else is a weirdo, like non-judgmental, and totally. perhaps he does know that what's going on is next level, but it's not doesn't affect him, or it's not doesn't matter, like. No. And uh, that's, I mean, that's the thing that makes this show interesting is how, um, for the most part, like you walk by somebody on the street, you know, and they could be talking to themselves. They could just be talking to themselves. They could have Tourette's. They could be on the spot. You know, it's just sort of like what, we don't know what's going on in the chemical makeup of anybody, but we do know that nobody's normal. And everyone's a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. And this show is here to help us all feel comfortable in our own unique weird selves and really affirming. And like I said, at the outset, pretty, pretty heartwarming um, as the emotions range, but overall felt like as a as a pilot and as an introduction to this world and tackling a very interesting, difficult, relevant, hard to know what to tackle because we don't know that much about it topic like autism. So I, I felt like this was a great pilot. What do you think, you know, as far as a complete pilot and just looking back now deep into shows with friends, how did you feel, you know, at the end of this um, as a pilot as an introduction, but also the first taste? Do you feel like it really hit all the right notes to get you on board and in this world? Yeah, great question. And I'm glad you brought it up because I do. I think one of the things I said right after was like, oh, wow, that was like a little that was a little crash course in like how to write a good pilot. Cause I just thought it hit all, like everything it was supposed to hit. And the arc was so strong from that opening in the, in the therapy office, it closed in the therapy office. Like it just had this um, really strong character arc and it was a very technically sound pilot that was just superiorly well done with a subject matter quite frankly that would I feel like made it extra challenging to to sort of for talking if there's a creative m m meter of what's difficult and what's hard it's all hard I guess like if people you know 
putting things together and getting it out there in the world. And, but I thought that Atypical was a fantastic pilot, and I'm I am I think it's a great pick, Eli. I'm, I'm excited to watch the next two episodes. Great, very cool. Well, I'm excited that. Uh that we're deep into our lists now. We're getting to some real gems. And I like the way that, you know, things are flowing and we're able to kind of draw parallels and, you know, the shifts in shows uh, aren't, aren't super abrupt. Um, so this is a great transition and I'm excited to watch the next two, episodes two and three, Atypical on Netflix, Come back here, talk about those with you, see where the story goes. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's always exciting to be dropped into a world and have sort of multiple stories and storylines that are all really so interconnected and one story about this family and about uh, living with autism and a family member who's on the spectrum, high functioning, and yet still clearly very on the spectrum. So very cool. I'm glad that this is uh, so interesting and of interest to both of us personally and involves, you know, personal interest and experience and um, just stuff that we are excited that it's getting out in the world and that we can now see this on a Netflix show with big name actors and a great script and production and everything behind it. So bravo yeah, to cool. everyone involved. Yeah. And bravo to you and, and good job actually bringing up Rain Man. Cause that is kind of the OG of introducing this type, you know, yeah. this spectrum individual to the mainstream, getting, raising awareness about it and, this atypical, the evolution of taking this to a level of, of this is our world and there are families like this out there. That, yeah. that's, what, that's what kind of connected me to it. I was just like, wow, this is really a real situation that probably For many sure. people are dealing with. Yeah, and if you think about, I mean, the Rain Man just occurred to me during the recording of this. So we were definitely digging in to find the right connections and Think about where that lives and takes place and how, you know, the Dustin Hoffman character is in an institution, right? And is, I think, even just the difference between the reality of the, you know, setting of the two, right? Like that yeah, says just, so much. Yeah. And just showing a mainstream audience again, that's like an 80s movie, but just saying like, hey, here's somebody who is clearly has these issues but can also count cards and do like these amazing things so it's like just like showing the world that like someone can exist there there are people like this now i think what's great about atypical is it's just like drops us into a world that's the reality is is that these people are in high school with us they're on the bus with us they're you know co-workers like it's just it's it's not like you know, some Hollywood caper of a brother who has to go pick up some brother, long lost brother, you know, that all gets very like fictional, but it was just sure. the essence, the essence of introducing that character and having people understand that people like that exist, right? That 
was an important thing that happened. Yeah. And atypical really takes it all to another level and raises the awareness across the board. And it is called On the Spectrum. And I encourage anyone to read about, learn more about that, and also to read some of the basic indications in children because it's really important to understand, uh, to spot, to understand that we're all kind of on the spectrum. That's literally why it's called a spectrum. Um, You read the top indicators, and (laughs) I know I have quite a few of them. Um, So I do think, you know, maybe not everyone has autism, right, in the way that this character does, but we are all on a spectrum of neurotypical to neurodivergent. And the awareness around this is so recent. So we're excited to continue to help people understand this. And this show is really an incredible way. So cannot recommend it enough. I'm so glad that we're on this ride together watching Atypical. And so, yeah, let's leave it there. And we'll come back next time and talk about episodes two and three of the Netflix original Atypical. Sounds good. Bye-bye, friends. Take care, friends. Thanks for listening. Hello, friends, and thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a quick moment and let you know that we are really excited to be a part of a growing podcast network. It's called Connected Podcasts. And there are many other great shows on the network that we think you are going to enjoy. That's connected, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-D, podcasts.com. Thanks for listening.